6. I want to speak this morning about perspective. I have been stuck on this um, scripture. This is my tenth year of doing Christmas messages, and you always think when you're approaching the, the time, you think, oh, am I going to get something new and fresh? This year, or maybe I'll just dig up the notes for last year and preach the same. But Ewan's are really attentive, and I'm sure Ewan's would really notice if I would preach the same, Scot- the same Scottish message, the same Christmas message two years in a row. So, this is fresh. The title of the message is, Unto Us a Child is Born. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given to us. The government, the government, yes, even the government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I've been thinking for it was for us to have a child given to us. A child wasn't given to the angels. A child was given for you to the world. And I started to think of the difference that made. Why did God give us a child? In many ways, He could have dealt with sin and given us hope. But yet, He gave us a child. And he gave himself in John chapter 1. It says the Word became flesh. Jesus wasn't just a child, but he was God before he came in the flesh. And he was God in the flesh. And God, after he was resurrected, also, no point was he, nay God. But he gave us a child. He gave us a child unto us. A child was born. How would you have dealt with this world? A world that turned its back on God. How would you have dealt with it if he was God? I maybe would have floated down for the clouds. An angelic being as a warrior with a tommy gun or something to sort out people, to sort out Satan, to sort out the demons. Yet, unto us a child is born. Perspective is everything. See, once you get somebody else's perspective of life, that's why it's good to meet, it's good to chat. Because once you get somebody else's perspective in life, it brings you into understanding of how they think, how they act, and it's, it grows your compassion for them. There would have been a time I would have just walked past the homeless in Aberdeen. You'd have really see that in a broch. And you just thought, my thinking was this that's their choices. In life, and maybe some of them have certainly made the wrong choices. But there's always this thing that it's their fault. And then a few years ago, we did the Bless You Bugs in Aberdeen, and you got the opportunity to hear their stories. And some of the stories was wrong choices, but it was a mixture of art and just hard luck stories, you can. The life has actually gone well for a while, and then I was a marriage breakup, and they got booted out, and they didn't have no way to go, and friends deserted them, they turned to the bottle, they got addicted to the bottle, or addicted to pals, and lost our confidence, lost our hope, and ended up on the streets. Once you hear the story, you just got a different perspective of why people end up 
in difficult scenarios because once you get the perspective in the story, it increases your capacity to love and to have compassion. And it's easy just to write people off for your perspective and say, well, they deserve to be there. But once you understand our perspective, it opens the door to a greater compassion and a greater love. Remember hearing a story, there was a guy I used to ken, and he was in the, he was a marine, a really fat guy. And we hear the stories of how the ex-marines, ex-forces, become homeless and they kind of find if they would cast civilian life. And I will stop, well, if you're trained in that sphere, wouldn't it be easy just to come back and put your hand to something and you get qualifications in the forces as well? To hear his story, though, and I sat with him, I did his relative's funeral, and I'd, he'd went to the forces, and I was like, how's it going? He says, no good. Struggling with civilian life. He's a trained Marine. He says, he didn't realize I knew a trained killer. And uh, I says, aye, but he's really good at things that you learned in the forces too. He says, no, it's, it's now a problem of the mind. And I hear his perspective. It was quite harrowing because I'd never heard anybody explain it this way. He says, look, I was out serving my country, fighting for freedom because we need our freedoms in this country. And he says, you're fighting the Taliban in Afghanistan. So there's only little kids here, isn't it? All arranged enough to, to fight in Omdi. He says, you're first with a choice, you're in your battalion, and you have to go after the enemy. But you're in your battalion, he says, the enemy sends a five-year-old kid running towards your battalion. We are bomb-strapped to them. You speak about perspective. And he says, you've got a choice, a very difficult life choice to make. You let the child run into your battalion with a bomb, or you have to do something that you have to live with the consequences for the rest of your life. I'm not telling you that's to scare you or give you nightmares. I'm telling you the importance or get in other people's perspective because all is maybe not as it seems. And then you understand, he says, how could I come back then and live life stuck in shelves? But my heart, be a taxi driver for enough to live with that. It's just a different perspective. We face it every day. If you're married, I'll try and cheer you up now. <laughs> you're married, you spend the rest of your life trying to figure out somebody else's perspective. You get married. You've went through, you go through the honeymoon period. And then you start thinking, hold on a minute, this other person thinks completely different from me. And you've got to try and understand, and even through a lifetime understanding, you will never understand how your other half will think and live and do things you just can't work out. Neen Merso, it's magnified, and Isabel's giving me that stare. I'm very aware of that stare. I'm on dodgy ground just now. I'll say stuff, but not too much. None more magnified than shopping trips sent for the devil to test men. 
So we go. I am the world's worst shopper. And my knee bonds about it. I really, really do hate it. I'd rather sit in Starbucks, wear coffee, sit with my phone, and let my good old other half just buy what she wants. But yet, she's looking for a second opinion. So we're going through my favorite shop, Primark. And it's, how do you think is this for Isaac, pair of pajamas? And if I had a bit of cardboard, I would just write on it, fine. And hud it up every time I would need to speak. You can't find I'm saying, David. I can see you can't find I'm saying. Because our thing's fine. How does this look? It's fine. How does this dress look for my night out? It's just fine. We'll get us for the MLS Christmas. Yeah, it's fine with me. Because as long as we can just buy stuff and get out of here, that's my main goal in life. But for the woman's perspective, they're wanting a critique. They're wanting an educated opinion that I failed to come up with. They're wanting to care if the pajamas is the right character on display, whether they're too bright or too dull for the said child. For their perspective, shopping is different. They're wanting an opinion better than fine. <laughs> And then we come back, praise the Lord for this one, to let's try our thing on that we've bought in the shops. Uh, that dress for the night out gets on. I've read this in books, this is never happens in my house. The other half will be, how do I look in this? And men, there might be a million things coming to the forefront of your mind. But you need to understand from her perspective what she is wanting you to say. And although you might think, hold on, you're looking more like your mother every day. You read us in books. You cannot say that. You cannot say that. You've got to say, honey, you would be gorgeous in a bin bag. So I married you for greater, poor, richer, for worse. I might have a stuff here. Perspective. Unto us, unto us, a child is gone. Fez that got to do with perspective. If I was thinking before Jesus came, God had never gotten hungry. He'd never gotten tired. He never came for it was to grow up in society. He was simply God Almighty that everything was created by Him, for Him, or through Him. He didn't care for it was to be rejected for His chums. To be rich one minute, to be poor the next minute, to hear multitudes fall you one minute, to be completely rejected and isolated another minute. Unto us a child is born. For did God give himself in that moment? He gave himself the perspective of fit was to be somebody like you. That this child was born through the Holy Spirit that Mary conceived. And this still fascinates me to this day, that God became a baby. 
Everything about a baby is vulnerable. They need looked after 24-7. They need fed. They need wiped. They need nappies changed. But yet God became as vulnerable as a baby. And you've just got Mary going down Jerusalem with a buggy. People passing. No idea that God was in the buggy. Isn't that fantastically phenomenal? That God would put himself in the position of that vulnerability. And God had to learn to walk. Take his first steps. Well, Mary and Joseph clapped. He played with toys. He maybe got trapped wind. He allowed himself to go through that process. To be educated at a local school. To say his first words is God. And so God cares for like it is to be a child. He cares for like it is to be a teenager with hormones. He cares for like it is to be in that school, teenage year scenarios when people can mock you or they like you and to be loved by your friends one minute and then something happens and he's fought. He did that as God to get a perspective of it like it was to be a teenager. He went through the adolescence. He stayed in a home. He walked this dusty roads. Bethlehem or Jerusalem. God can't fit like it was to get dust in his sandals. Can't feel like it was to have a meal with chums, to get chicken stuck in his teeth, to laugh and friendship and fellowship, but yet to be betrayed by somebody's close to him is Judas. Unto us a child is born. Unto us God became flesh so he could get your perspective. He can fit ways as you read through the Gospels to go hungry and to go without. It says when he was getting tempted that he grew tired, he grew weary. He could have commanded angels to feed him, yet he confronted the devil three times as he was getting tempted. He says, no, it is written, it is written, it is written. He can for it is to go through this world with a devil on his back. knew for it was to shed a tear, <clears throat> the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept when he was at Lazarus' tomb, and we knew he was about to resurrect Lazarus, there's a theory that he was missing his chum, the other theory was he was crying in disbelief, people just still wouldn't believe why he was, and he says, my desire is that I would cover him as a hen covers her chicks. He cares for it was to love, he cares for it was to loss, he cares for it was to shed a tear, he cares for it was to hear joy, he cares for it was to sit with his mates, to hear brag bread and drink wine and to hear sweet fellowship unto us, unto us, unto us. A child was born. What difference does that mark today? As we spoke about at the start, just gain a different perspective. He wasn't just on a mere God Almighty that rules on reigns on high. He's a Christ that can stoop and clean your feet because he cares for his, they had dirty feet. 
these near just a saviour that knew from the beginning for the end and as the Alpha and Omega we now see him as vulnerable as willing to come alongside and sit we lost sinners in their sinful state and share with them the love, the hope, the compassion. There's now a God that shouted for heaven, come on, people, buck up your ideas. There's a Christ that came unto us, a child is born, that he lived and he grew up. We see the picture of the cross. Unto us a child was born, that nailed pierced hands had hurt. That was painful for Jesus. We can sometimes hear the story and think, la, 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 it was 2,000 years ago. Could you imagine, as it says, as the shepherd was struck and the sheep scattered, his disciples deserted him. He just went about doing good, helping widows, feeding the poor and the lonely, yet they got jealous of him because crowds followed him, and so the plan was to take him out the game, which it did for a moment. But Mark certain sure, as that nails was driven through those hands, that was excruciating. It says that they made a lead whip that was like a, it used to curl. So when Jesus got whipped, it would wrap his flesh out. Maybe moving away for the celebration of the nativity here, but unto us, a child was born. He had flesh. He had feelings. Yet he sinned not. And as he pulled his flesh, I was excruciating. It says through the prophet Isaiah that he was marred beyond recognition, marred than any man had been before, unrecognizable. And he hung on that cross, bleeding, unrecognizable for head to toe. Unto us, a child born. He had real eyes. He had a real breath in his lungs. He was just like us. And he became the sheep that was slain for us, the forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> it was the only why. Yet he rose again in victory. Hallelujah. Unto us a child was born and he completed his mission, became successful, opened the door of grace in truth, and he would reign forevermore at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because unto us a child was born. The government would rest on his shoulders. He'd become a wonderful counselor, everlasting Father. And as we we'll read in Hebrews chapter 2, the difference does us mark today. Could we get Hebrews chapter 2? Anything up? Verse 16 to 18. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 2. What difference does it mark you to you the day that unto us a child was born? It wasn't unto us an angel was born. It wasn't unto us he just floated down in the clouds to sort it out. What difference does it mark that he became flesh? We also know that the Son did not come to help an angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Next verse. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers, his brothers and sisters. 
Isn't that amazing? A brother and sister to Jesus, Messiah, God, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Next verse, and we'll close with us. Since he himself, God himself, has gone through suffering and tasting, he's able to help us when we are being tested. Because God chose to put himself through that his people go through. Yet he didn't sin. He is able to help us. This Christmas, God knows how you feel. Because unto us a child is born. He understands your perspective. He gets it. This Christmas, you might hear a gathering full of people of three households, or roughly. We open windows. I write. Jesus cares how it feels. And so he's in the best position to help us enjoy the company of our friends and family. Should you be alone this Christmas in some well? I can help you. Jesus can help you. For unto us a child is born, he knows for it is to feel alone. Some might have full bellies. Jesus gets a perspective. It was said to Jesus that the reputation he got was different for John the Baptist, for I was fasting and withdrew to the desert. It says the car, Jesus, a glutton and a drunkard because he sat with parties with people. That's a reputation he got. Since he himself has gone through the same suffering and trials we do, he's able to help us when we're tested. This world has thrown its test towards the church. Father is going to help us. For unto us a child is born. Father will help us in our time of need, our time of suffering. You answer that question, who will help us? Father will help us in our grieving moments because he knows how it feels. Father will help us if we feel poor. Father will help us if we feel hurt. Father will help us if every single person in the world abandons us because he knows how he feels, how you feel. He's got your, God has got your perspective. Hallelujah. Unto us, a child was born that would grow up, be battered and bruised, to go through isolation and loneliness. They can't fit with to be around the table with his friends and family. At every step of the moment in this festive season, realize this. God loves you. He's for you. And he knows how you feel. And he's in a prime position to help you. Other people might not have a clue that you are gone through. They might struggle to come up with some words to mark your situation. Suddenly feel better. But our Jesus knows exactly what you are gone through. And he's an ideal 
helper because he lived this life through the eyes of God and as a human and became a sacrifice so that he could be with us and help us through this life. And they're going to ask the worship team to come up to close the service. I just want us to stand for a moment and pray. Just stand for a moment. Everybody in here has gone through different circumstances. Some folk didn't get one whole day. Not because they had COVID, because it was, was let for a test. And I went through that, but some folk have. Some people are facing business issues because of announcements and people isolating the business world. Some people, life has got to pretty much go on as normal, and you've just got to do for your granted day. Only why? Some people switch on the news and battle and question for the scene in news. The form that has come under a difficult time of oppression and government, Jesus. He went through it all. So I'm going to ask Jesus, He changed our circumstances to help you during this time because He cares your perspective. He understands the human condition. Jesus, you know us all. You love us all for the greatest to the least. And Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for sending your Son and the flesh that you put on flesh, God, and you lived this life and you went through every stage, fully God and fully man. And I thank you that you are more than an adequate Savior because of the cross, yet you came and you got our perspective. And Jesus, for each one of us during this festive season, that some would be confused, some would be heartbroken, yet some has got a smile, the biggest smile that they have smiled in a long time, and they will soldier on. For each one of us, you have promised that you would help us and draw close to us. And when people are feeling lonely, that they would recognize that Christ is with them and a great why in their loneliness. God, when they're going through moments of confusion, that they would realize that, God, you are in their moments of confusion and bring clarity. God, when in their moments of sickness, that they would realize that, Christ, you're in their moments of sickness to bring comfort and healing. Christ, that you would bring just a fresh wave of hope to the body of Christ and indeed this nation through the message of good news. We thank you that you walked the same earth that we walked, and we pray that during this festive season that we would recognize that a child, a child, a child was given unto us. And we thank you for coming, Jesus, and getting a perspective, a human perspective. You're a wonderful Savior. You're a good God. We thank you for this gathering this morning. Would you go with us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, for we ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming.